You are now listening to the sound of sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the... Ah, whatever, it's not that sane. Nice. Are you going to listen to the sound of sanity, Ben? Um, yeah, Nathan. I definitely am. Oh, good. Yep. Hey. <laughs> hey, let's get into it. I'm Nathan, that's Ben. Let's talk about our favorite publication, the Gospel Coalition, <laughs> and an article that they... I don't really understand how the Gospel Coalition works, Ben. They... They collate things. They're like they the gospel collate ishin. <laughs> they the gospel collation. The gospel collation. Yeah. Yeah. They because a lot of their links just go to different websites. Like they don't generate all this content themselves. They find useful things by other people and they publish them and promote them. I don't know. Maybe I guess that's how lots of websites work. Sure. But, they uh, also publish their own stuff. They do. But I'm always confused when I click on a gospel coalition link and then it just takes me to in this case Russell Moore. Dot com. Ah, Russell Moore. Now, Russell Moore, for people who don't know, is an American theologian ethicist. It's going to come in handy here, I'm guessing, hmm. and preacher. He's currently president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, the public policy arm of the Southern Baptist Convention. And he has served at the SBTC, one of the six cemeteries. Hmm. Cemeteries. I did. That was a Freudian slip. Oh, boy. Okay, so as we record this, the Chauvin verdict was just handed down, guilty on all counts, uh, yesterday. That's right. And I think the sentencing is like in eight days or something like that. Hmm. But Russell Moore released this article, and we knew that we had to talk about it the second we read the headline, which says, the George Floyd trial and the longing for justice. Oh, man. Oh, and man. Uh, how would you sum up this article? Oh, it is. It's just it's just trying to create like a moment of empathetic poetry mm-hmm. out of what's happened. Assuming that what happened in the Chauvin trial was good. Assuming that justice was delivered, right? That's the article doesn't. It's not. The, this article is not really making an argument. It's just, it's just saying. I'm happy that this happened. We should be happy that this happened. And we, sh- we, should, we should think about basic biblical principles of justice. We should remember that what the courts do matters. We should remember that right and wrong uses of authority matters. But, you know, obviously the authority in this case would be the police. Right. Like, they better not do this kind of thing anymore. And then he'll, he's going he's gonna to tag back to... Um, social justice issues in the U.S., you know, slavery, Jim Crow, mm-hmm. just very briefly. Other abuses of authority. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, this is all, he's, he's very, very brief. I don't, he might not even say the word slavery in here, but he does say Jim Crow. He's just, I, and I'm just scanning this article as I go. It's very short. And then he, he, he reminds us of things like authority is important because of these biblical reasons. Mm-hmm. Name some passages. Right. Um, Yay. Murder's, murder's bad because, I mean, all this, all this kind of stuff. Reminds us that George Floyd was a human being. George Floyd was a human being made in the image of God. Yes. And he's, he, he is, quote, not only a symbol of the quest for racial justice in this country, although he certainly is that. He's also a human being created in the image of God, unquote. And, his, his life matters to God and should matter to us. Right, right. And every human life is an awe-striking mystery. And then the best is the last. Should I just read the last paragraph? Please. Okay. So we can, quote, we can thank God for the accountability rendered in this case. We can work to see to it that justice is done in cases like this, whenever and wherever they arise around us. We can see to it that no one else ever faces the awful killing experienced by George Floyd and countless others. And as we do so, 
we can weep. Even as we are glad for justice done, we should weep for injustices still at work and for a life that is still gone, end quote. I have to say, this article makes me want to weep. I'm not, that's not even a joke. That's mm. not even sarcasm. It's not, I, not hyperbole. No, sometimes I would say that I would just be, <laughs> this article <laughs> makes me want to weep. Right. But it actually does. And not because he's effective in making his point, but quite the opposite. So maybe we should talk about that. Maybe the last paragraph is the easiest place. Yeah, to let's let's from. start there. So, so what yeah. about this article makes you want to quite <laughs> literally and non-humorously weep? Yeah, I, it is that it's that Russell Moore is is in the position of a shepherd, and he's really misusing his authority mm-hmm. actually, because what he's saying is simply playing into it's playing into a race narrative, or let's be more particular, it's playing into a narrative about police killings of black men that is not firmly established, shall we say. Mm-hmm. More one looks at the facts, shall we say. This narrative is not credible. Mm-hmm. It is a big Black Lives Matter thing that cops are always killing black men unjustly. No, but the statistical evidence just simply isn't there. It's not there. The case-by-case evidence is um, of, 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 of black men resisting arrest. I guess we're in the weeds here. It's it's generally men who are criminals and resisting arrest who are getting killed. Well, as 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 more than one pundit has pointed out, you could flip all these narratives to just simply say a person resisting arrest was killed. Like that could be the headline yeah. of yeah. many of these stories. Yeah. Because what you don't have is some guy decides to peace peacefully go along and then the cops say, ah, <laughs> we're racists and they shoot him in the head. That doesn't happen. Uh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't happen. And so I'm not even commenting on Chauvin and Floyd right now. All I'm commenting on is what Russell Moore is using this case to do. Mm-hmm. He's saying, yes, the awful killing experienced by George Floyd and countless others. And no, he doesn't say countless other black men. But it, given the context of this article, it's, it's clear he's talking about racial injustice, awful mm-hmm. killings that are racially motivated. That's the whole context for this article. Um, well, let me stop you right there, though, because I think part of what's so awful about this is the lack of precision. He's willing to leave things like that sort of nebulous and let you draw your own conclusions, mm-hmm. because that means you can just bring your own sense of injustice and justice and all that sort of thing to it, and you can feel validated. What we haven't done is actually shore up any ideas that might be useful to you. No. Or shore up any particular feelings towards ideas no. that should be useful to you. No. We've just left things kind of vague and we've said, God likes justice and you should too. And, and, and there's nobody reading this article that would actually disagree with that. I mean, you go back a paragraph no. and he says, he is also a human, George Floyd's not just a symbol. He is also a human being created in the image of God. His life matters to God. Now, who that can A, read? Now, I understand there are terrible psychopaths out there. I understand there are terrible racists out there. But yeah. who that can read and who that would go to russellmore.com disagrees, you know, it's say, hey, that's a, this is a new thought to me, you know? He was a human being, wasn't he? What, what, what is the point? Of, of reaffirming basic biblical teaching about the value of human life in this way. Too much of people that already know that. You, you're talking to it's kindergartners. You, you, could, you could tell them. But there is a yeah. point, and the point is to validate his readership, to make them feel like they're part of something important. 
to flatter them. It's what we always talk about the Gospel Coalition does. They just do these little exercises and, as you said, poetic empathy um, mm-hmm. or empathetic poetry or, <laughs> or whatever. Empathetic poetry, yeah. <laughs> and it just kind of makes you feel like, yeah, yeah, I like justice. Yeah, I think human beings are human beings. It doesn't challenge you. It doesn't convict you. It doesn't align your fe- your feelings with the truth. It doesn't give you anything of substance or nutrition. There's a place in life for fluff, but fluff that's masquerading as content yeah. is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, you might read this article and think you actually learned something or thought something. Mm-hmm. But what's what's really happening is that Russell Moore wants to make you feel something. Right. And he wants to, he wants to give you plausible deniability. He wants to say, "Hey, I've I've talked I've given you biblical evidence of the value of human life and I've given you the idea that yay, I gave you biblical evidence. Now you should weep." Mm-hmm. And no, you skipped a step. What is how does that biblical evidence connect to this case? What are you, what are you specifically trying to say about racial injustice in this country? And and what's your argument? Well, this this is simply this actually is for people who are already on board mm-hmm. and who want to be fed the kind of sentiment that will reinforce what they already think. Yeah, and so it starts with a bunch of assumptions. The assumptions are uh, police are by and large bad, and they by and large go after and destroy black lives. There should be justice for that, and justice in this case was accomplished. It was accomplished. And none of that is proven. And look, I'm not going to pretend like I watched every scrap of the jury trial or even much of it. I I don't know. Maybe the the jurors made a just decision. Yeah. That's fine. But the one thing that you can't say is that it was an easy decision, that it was a simple decision, that there was no complexity, that there weren't different ways of looking at it. Yeah. Largely... My understanding is that if you watch another video, his knee was on his shoulder. You can't prove asphyxiation. I mean, we don't have to go through right. the, stu- the, right. the case step by step. We don't have to, as I like to say, relitigate the case here. Yep. The fact is it was messy. It was complicated. And when you take something that's messy and complicated and you pretend like it's simple and that clear lines can be drawn, A, you're lying. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to say. It's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. And, and this feels like a shepherd lying. It, it, it feels like, I mean, I think it is a shepherd abusing the trust that's in him, that God has placed in him and that people place in him. Mm-hmm. And I, think I, just, I just equivocated on the word trust there. So God has given Russell Moore a trust, mm-hmm. which is the care of souls. Right. And then those souls trust Russell Moore. <laughs> and mm-hmm. in both cases, the trust is being abused. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and and as we do so, we can weep. Right. Even as we are glad for justice done, we should weep for injustices still at work and for a life that is still gone. And I think, yeah, that was all a quote again, the last couple sentences of this article. I don't know what to say about that. I It's hard for me to believe that Russell Moore isn't sincere. So, to be clear, I'm saying I think it seems like Russell Moore sincerely feels what he's saying. And I just... I'm sorry, but... That's an irresponsible thing to sincerely feel. It, it is. It's very maudlin. Mm-hmm. It's very... It's, it's odd and sentimental. It just signals that you do... It, it, well, what it means is that you buy into white guilt overall, and, and, and particularly, certainly in the case of George Floyd, but also, like we're saying, the whole, the whole race narrative. Mm-hmm. Eh, 
we should weep for injustices still at work. Does he really, did he, I do wonder, did Russell Moore really cry? Mm-hmm. Maybe he did. He, he may well have. Does he, does, he, does he make it a point to cry over other injustices or to cry at the thought of them? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, not, I'm not actually, this isn't like a... Um, a rhetorical... No, no, I'm not trying to make a mean mm-hmm. snipe. No, it's a, it's a good question. Did he cry? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really sincerely wonder. Like, is this serious? Like, do you think that Christians should make a practice of being in mourning right now? I think the answer on some level actually is yes. Mm-hmm. That is what he really thinks. Right. Weep with those who weep, mourn with those who mourn. All I'm talking about, you Sound of Sanity critics, is obeying the biblical command in light of what our country is going through and in light of our country's guilt. Right. Specifically, the guilt of those in authority and the guilt of those who are white, which often are the same group of people. <laughs> so, I, I think the answer is yes. And and I think I think that that is um, well, Nathan. Why is that so bad? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. At least one reason why it's bad that you can pull out of the scriptures comes from Jeremiah six, which describes the state of the land of Israel this way: For from the least to the greatest of them, everyone is greedy for unjust gain. And from prophet to priest, everyone deals falsely. They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace, unquote. Now, you could argue he's saying war, war, when there is no war. But I think the principle applies. He is healing the wounds of my people lightly. Uh, Russell Moore is saying this is a simple morality play. Me and my readership are the good guys, actually, because if you're reading this, obviously you agree with me. I don't even have to make a case. I'm just, justice was done. Obviously, we all know that. So we're the good guys. We can pat ourselves on the back and we can actually say a peace, peace, because justice was done in this case. And and, and the more that these riots happen, the more that these protests happen, the, the more that we fix this, these systemic issues, the more we'll be able to say peace, peace. And he's, he's healing wounds lightly. Something complicated happened. You know, whatever else you want to say about the, about the George Floyd mm-hmm. death, something complicated happened. There was police training. There was this. There was, there was so many different factors. And when you just turned it into a very simple and false morality play, assigned villain and hero status, both of which are untrue, People say that Chauvin's a monster that deserved to go down. He deserved justice to be done. Whatever else Chauvin is, he's not that. Right. And George Floyd was a great guy, a martyr to the cause, someone that Nancy Pelosi can get up and stand in front of people and say, thank you, George Floyd. I mean, she literally, like a prayer. Uh I'm sure people have seen it. She says, thank you for for sacrificing your life. Yeah. She she (laughs) talks to him like he's Jesus in a a blasphemous, wicked way. Um, So he's suddenly a saint. Chauvin is this monster. Both untrue. George Floyd, not a saint, a criminal, mm-hmm. a dangerous criminal, resisting arrest. And so could there be healing for the wounds of our society that would involve real justice for the real problems and the real sins of Derek Chauvin? Yes. And I wasn't on that jury. Maybe the verdict was just, I don't know. But I do know that 
the mob was demanding it. I do know that representative Maxine waters went and said, we're going to amp up the confrontation. Mm -hmm. If you guys don't deliver guilty on all counts, it's like what we talked about with the Dr. Seuss episode, maybe not a very flattering Mm -hmm. metaphor, but a useful one for our audience. I think, you know, we said you may or may not, people got so hung up on this, but (laughs) you may or may not want to pull these books. We said for the sake of argument, but what you don't do is capitulate to mob hmm. justice. You don't do it because the mob tells you to, because mm-hmm. that is moral cowardice and it only empowers the mob. And that is a wicked and terrible and anarchic, godless thing to do. That's exactly what so many people are celebrating about this is that the mob got its way. And people are saying, look, riots didn't happen. And do you know why riots didn't happen? They didn't happen because. We gave them their sacrifice, basically, because yeah. because Chauvin got guilty. We gave the mob what they wanted. Now, uh, you know, to, uh, as our buddy Ben Shapiro likes to say, uh, he's not our buddy, but he likes to say two, two, two things can be true at once. It can be true that the jury gave what happened to be a good verdict. And it can also be true that our society is a 6666 society where we're allowing these protesters and rioters to just demand blood for their perceived wrong and to demand vengeance and we have our leadership we have president joe biden of our country saying of course we should give it to them and so for russell moore you know all this to answer the question what's wrong with what russell moore is doing for him to take all of that complicated reality with deep 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 sin on so many different sides and to say well, we can be thankful in this case that justice was done. And we can point to the larger longing for justice and we can uh, keep striving for justice. That is cheap, shallow nothingness. <laughs> cheap, shallow nothingness. There's nothing helpful in that. There's nothing medicinal. There's nothing That's right. nutritious. There's nothing that actually helps people deal with their own sins or deal with the sins of other people. There's nothing that heals our society there's just nothing. It just basically pats his readers on the back and says, yeah, we all know that it, yeah. we were on the right side of this. Well, okay. And so back to the, to the weeping. It's just, it's giving you catharsis. Catharsis, in this case, substitutes for argument. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you weep, you feel like you're fulfilling a biblical command to weep. And you feel like you're fulfilling it in the name of justice. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of biblical commands about justice, including societal justice. Give you that. Right. Uh, how could I deny that? Mm-hmm. And you feel like you're 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 dealing faithfully with the world and with God, mm-hmm. and actually, you're just it's just feelings. Yeah. It's not connected to reality. It's not connected to truth. And these are the words not of someone who who is on the level and talking to you from Scripture, but the words of a demagogue. The words of a rabble rouser, mm-hmm. or what I'm reading on this blog, the words of a man who is concerned to strike a pose and may have grown into that pose so much that he no longer knows the difference between sincerity and demagoguery. Yeah, we're not arguing that he set out to be intentionally nope. disingenuous with all this stuff. We are arguing that he is a disingenuous false shepherd, yeah. f- whether he wanted to be or not. <laughs> That's right. Whether he wanted to be or not, we should weep for injustice is still at work and for life that is still gone. Well, 
this is this is hollow. This is an article that exists to virtue signal and empathize. And I don't mean empathize in a positive sense, whatever you want to say about the word. I just mean that it is just about giving off feeling vibes, helping you to feel what, if you're reading this, presumably you already feel. It's just, it's just like bringing thunder and trumpets <laughs> when you needed to bring a sword and shield, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, let's announce victory, let's announce mourning, let's announce justice, but there's nothing here. No. There's, there's nothing here. Like Nathan said, even if you do think the justice was just done, and you may, we haven't even we haven't even argued that. You could probably guess. Well, I guess you heard Nathan's reservations about the complexity, but we haven't actually said whether we think that on balance justice was done or not. I don't think it. it I just don't. This this article is not about that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I guess I didn't weep after all. <laughs> well. He looked like he was going to, folks. Quite honestly, if you don't mind me saying that. Um, <laughs> don't mind. Uh, so let's let's talk to our listeners for a minute, because I don't think we're off the hook for this. Yeah, there's all right because what we, you know, we come from the more conservative side of things. Mm-hmm. I think we can be just as blithe. Yeah, I don't think we're going to actually. I think probably ultimately most conservative people are going to see more clearly and get it more right in this particular case. So I'm not trying to say we're both equally. Mm-hmm. terrible mm-hmm. i think the liberals are worshiping the false god of of what even of marxism yeah. of equity of whatever and they are giving blood sacrifices to it and they didn't care at all whether chauvin was guilty or not they they, they demanded their blood sacrifice and they got it I, so that's what i think of them so there that's enough liberal bashing for you right if we're going to turn the you know turn the microscope on ourselves though we cannot be blithe and superficial in the way that we attempt to heal these wounds so we can't come back and just write a little post on facebook that says ah he should have been acquitted and there's no systemic racism Mm. and feel like we've we've done our job i'm not saying whether there's systemic racism or not Uh, that's that's not that's not my point my point isn't to talk about race Mm -hmm. my point is to say let's not heal wounds falsely and superficially and let's not think simply because we've pushed back on the liberals doing it, we found a solution and, 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 and now we're good. Let's not think just because we listened to Ben Shapiro or whoever our conservative pundit or watch Tucker Carlson or mm-hmm. now we have the solution. We know what should be done. Yeah. I mean, these are complex issues. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want it to sound like I'm just morally equivocating all over the place and saying, there's absolutely no answers. And so what we actually, the, the real wise thing to do is just to live in a kind of existential malaise. Yeah. yeah. I think what you're saying is you have to make arguments. You can't just virtue signal. Right. <laughs> yeah. And. On either side. On either side. Yeah. I think that's what you're saying. And I think it is easy, easy to be angry. It is easy to be racist. Here, let me, I'll, I'll say something provocative. All right. When you see videos of all these angry people demanding your blood (laughs) what it feels like when you see people saying we want to tear the white society down when you see people saying we want to take your money give it to ourselves for reparations i think as a white person i'm just let me just talk about myself i think it's easy to get angry about that and scared start to think hateful thoughts i think that's that's the the great and abominable irony of 
critical theory and intersectionality and Black Lives Matter and all this stuff is that it's just fostering virulent racism. <laughs> That's right. Because it's making them say, we're the victims and you're the monsters. And it's making us say, okay, you want a monster? Here's a monster. Because mm-hmm. nobody yeah. likes being called a monster. It makes us mad. Well, also, no one likes the specter of the monster of the Black Lives Matter mob looming over them because then we see a monster too, actually. Yeah, we live, we live in the Midwest in a, in a pretty conservative town, although we did vote for Joe Biden, I think, uh, as, as a community. Uh, we, we went blue last time, but mm-hmm. uh, Vanderburg County did. But I still have to have the thought in the back of my head, what if a violent riot, you know, just living in a large urban area, you have to kind of sort of just think, what if people are mad and they congregate and something happens and a brick gets thrown through my window or something gets set on fire? Like we all have to live in fear of what would have happened if the trial had gone the other way or even what was going to happen given the trial going the way that they wanted. And that's scary and that's divisive. You know, all these people, these Tana C.C. Coates and your representative Maxine Waters and uh, mm-hmm. Ocasio-Cortez and they're just, uh, you know, as, as people like to say, they're just turning up the heat and it makes it scary. And when men especially get scared, they get angry. And so I think it's pretty easy. I think it's a much easier climate than it has been in a long time to just be a racist, actually. Mm. And so I would encourage our white male listeners, don't be a racist. Understand that you don't have to like the wicked Marxism and selfish victim whateverness of mm-hmm. a Black Lives Matter. You can hate that and abominate that. But understand that there is real pain and confusion out there. And the response the gospel demands of us is not going to be the easy one. Right. Put up the fences, buy the guns, which, by the way, you can put up the fence and buy a gun, it's fine. I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> That's not, the nub of the gospel response is more than that. Right. Love your neighbor, turn the other cheek, put up a fence, you know, get your neighbor to help you put up a fence and <laughs> tell you which gun to buy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah. It's obnoxious. And Russell Moore is not helping. No, he's not helping. Well, and I do see this. You know, I listen to some, I I listen to Ben Shapiro sometimes. I I listen to some of these conservative commentators, uh, you know, just Fox News, whatever, just just to kind of keep in the loop with what's going on. And I do see this buy a gun, build a fence mentality. You know, I hear people more and more saying things like, well, if they're going to do cancel culture, then we should do cancel culture. And if they're going to do this, if then, you know, this, this, mm-hmm. this if then, then formula. Well, we've never played by their rules, but if those are the rules, then we're going to play by them. Yeah. You know, if justice, if injustice is gone and it's just about getting yours, then we better make sure our side gets ours. That is the way of madness and anarchy. There is a God. He is a rewarder of those who serve him. And he has created the world in such a way that there is a moral order and we do have to respect that we have to respect the rule of law we don't get to be anarchists just because they're anarchists we don't get to be violent just because they're violent now none of that's saying don't defend your family you know there's so many stupid ways that bad faith people could take that yeah but i don't mean those (laughs) that's a relief (laughs) aren't you glad yeah uh well Uh. anything else to 
say about this, Ben? Nah, not really, Nathan. I just can't get over how self-serving and self-aggrandizing this little article is. Yep. (sighs) All right. We'll be back next week. Ben, where should people go if they want to support Sound of Sanity? Oh, Nathan, they should probably go to their bank. Yep, that's right. Get out some money. Can they laugh all the way there? Yeah, they definitely can because they're supporting a good cause. Yep. Or they're going to be. We'll certainly be laughing all the way to the bank after we take their money. (laughs) That'd be awesome. (laughs) Uh, Just text us to let us know where you want to rendezvous Mm -hmm. with the envelope of cash you have. Hey. Hi, Jake. He's right in time for the credits, folks. Yeah, that's great. Straight from the dentist. His mouth is bleeding. Uh, <laughs> the The table is now covered with blood. It's good stuff. Yep. So, Jake, why would you go to patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity? Why would you do it? <clears throat> I would do it because I want that bill. Yeah, get us up to less than 100 bucks away. Yeah, like 75 bucks away as of this awesome. recording. Yep. So cool. Three episodes of the bill. And let's just I'm about to do it myself, man. Yeah. I want that fill out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me tell you what's let's let's see what's one interesting thing that happens in this. Ooh. Sparky loses his inhaler. Oh, no. Sparky Dude. loses his inhaler. And it has Spoilers. giant ramifications. Spoilers. Massive ramifications. Yeah. You can't begin to understand. No, no, no. That's not even an exaggeration. <laughs> no. Quentin Seltzer humbles himself and seeks it's a comedic counsel. moment yes. in and of itself, but yes. Yeah. Uh Quentin Seltzer does also humble himself and seek counsel. Yeah, he does. And that has some <laughs> ramifications too. Emphasis <laughs> <laughs> on the ram. <laughs> uh, our, our listeners have probably figured it all out. <laughs> I think we gave him a little too yep. much information. Yeah. Uh, listen, it's, it's it's exciting stuff. All right, folks. Uh, we'll we'll yeah. Um, Jake's uh, one of the executive producers, along with myself. Ben's an associate. I'll even producer. go so far as to say he seeks. Counseling from an unlikely source. An Uh-oh. unlikely source. Uh-oh. Yes. <laughs> Chad never thought my soldier would come to him. Yeah. <laughs> Quentin, you have come seeking my counsel. <laughs> That'd be a good scene. Maybe that's what happens. Who knows? All right. Uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah. So produced, executive, you know, all that stuff, folks. Anyways, Jake's just in time to say until next time. Stay sane.